when someone passes away close, like you kind of realize like it could happen anytime, like anytime. You don't know when your time is going to be either. So if you got something that you got planned to do, just go ahead and knock it out. This is Pick Me Up, a podcast from Lyft and Gimlet Creative that's all about people who are driving towards something big, both on and off the road. I'm Mariah Smith. Each week on the show, we meet a Lyft driver with a big goal and give them a little boost along the way. My producer Carrie and I are in the back of a lift in Oak Park, Illinois, a suburb right outside of Chicago. We're headed to the public library. Have you ever been this nervous to go to a library? Absolutely not. <laughs> Only when I owed fines. <laughs> We're here to meet lift driver Marcellus Wyatt. Are you Marcellus? Marcellus has worked as a librarian's assistant in Oak Park for almost 13 years. We just got done checking in a whole bunch of materials from different libraries. Um, He's the first smiling face visitors see when they come in the door. He greets people. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. Good. Helps them find what they're looking for and makes book recommendations. The library patrons and his colleagues adore him. Marcellus is a wonderful person. He is just, he just has such a wonderful personality. He is funny. When I think of him, I always think of his smile. Today he's got a pink shirt with paisley, um, chains, neckties. He's the best looking of us here at the library, I think. <laughs> I would call his style swagadocious. Seriously, before we go any further, I need to tell you about Marcellus's outfit. He's got on that pink polo shirt with paisley sleeves, long, bright white baggy shorts with matching bright white sneakers, and let's not forget the accessories. Bracelets and a huge silver ring on his middle finger. Marcellus looks fresh. He shows us around the library. So, this is the Dole branch of the Oak Park Library. It's one of three. And then branches. he brings us over to the reason why we're here today. This is our children's section. We have drawings. While Marcellus loves being surrounded by books at the library, his dream is to have a published book on the shelves himself. So I'll probably fall in the picture book section under the W's. So I'll probably fall right around here. In his spare moments between the library and driving with Lyft, he's been writing something. You know when you want something so much you're almost afraid to tell people about it? That's what this book is for him. I knew he was writing, but he didn't say what. He tell me, you tell everybody, you know, what I'm doing and stuff. I said, well, I'm just proud of you, Marcellus. That's Marceline, Marcellus's mom. That's why I named him Marcellus. It's Marceline and Marcellus. 
Marceline says that Marcellus has been writing for as long as she can remember. Uh, he was really, really smart, even as a baby. And um, he started writing stories, like movie stories, at seven or eight years old. I was a little dork when I was little. Everybody would be playing, you know, basketball, and I'd be, you know, drawing a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog in my notebook, or all the guys would be trying to play fight with the girls in the hallway, and I'm writing poetry in the classroom, waiting for class to start, you know, stuff like that. So I was kind of the outsider, the outcast. The project that Marcellus has been working on is a children's book about that experience of feeling like an outsider as a kid. And it's dedicated to the one person who made him feel like it was always okay to be himself, his big brother Marcus, who passed away two years ago. He was, like, the coolest guy. Like, when I was a kid, like, I would look up to him, and he, like... Oh, he had like the racing jacket on, he had the backwards hat, you know, the dark racist sunglasses. And Marcellus says Marcus always had a cell phone in hand. And this was like before everyone had a cell phone in their hand all the time, so he was really cool. Marcus was 10 years older than Marcellus, and even though he was mostly out of the house while Marcellus was growing up, he was still his biggest fan showing up to all of his little brother's poetry readings or award ceremonies at school. And while Marcellus was obsessed with writing, Marcus had his own obsession, cars. He had this old blue Oldsmobile Cutlass, and he used to just drive like a bat out of hell. Like, he was a racer. He used to scare the hell out of me when I was little. But I was, like, excited, and I was scared, and I was happy. I'm like, this is my brother. Marcus and Marcellus stayed close as they got older. Marcus got married, worked as a chef, and then a truck driver, and moved farther outside the city. But even though their grown-up lives were busy, the brothers became friends, meeting up for a drink or karaoke whenever they were able. In 2016, Marcus died from complications of the autoimmune disease lupus. Marcellus and his mom were, of course, devastated. This is the first time anyone close to me that have ever passed away. Like, I've been to, like, grandparents' funerals, distant relatives, and I just kind of showed up and was like, you know, just paying respects, but didn't really feel anything. But just to, like, to pull up to his apartment and then see his car sitting there and then, you know, walk into his apartment and see his clothes, it was actually very unreal. It was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I didn't care for life anymore. <laughs> Marcellus, he was just totally out of it. The day of the service, you know, you try to dress up and, you know, go for the service and stuff, and he came through the door. Looked like somebody just had, I don't know, just been dragging him down the street. <laughs> He, you know, he was so sad. As life-shattering events like these sometimes do, losing his brother made Marcellus really feel that life is short. You don't know when your time is going to be either, so 
if you got something that you got planned to do, just go ahead and knock it out. The children's book that Marcellus has written and dedicated to his brother Marcus is called The Alien and the Unicorn. The Alien and the Unicorn is a story of a young girl unicorn who is trying to find out who she really is. The story tells kids it's okay to be who they are, even if everyone else doesn't always understand. Here's an excerpt. It's right after an alien from planet Marcus crash lands on planet Earth. When the smoke cleared, that's when she saw it. He was tall with big black eyes and a big round head. He had big floppy feet and long skinny arms. He had a thin green necklace that lit up when he looked around. And strangest of all, he was holding a cell phone. It was an alien. Why are you guys so close to the sun, he whined, pulling a dark pair of black sunglasses from a pouch somewhere on his skinny gray alien body. He put on the glasses and turned around. Hi, said Mila. Oh my, said the alien. You do exist. This wise alien, he's a fast car-loving, sunglass-wearing, cell phone-holding guy. Sound familiar? Marcellus has already finished a draft of The Alien and the Unicorn. But now what? I'm still very new to this. Like, everything that I've really written, I really just kept it to myself. I never really tried to do anything that's major before. So I'm just waiting to see what there is to offer out there. And this is what we want to help Marcellus figure out. So I gave a call to illustrator and children's book writer Rob Lou Trujillo for some advice. Hello? Hi, is this Rob? Yes. Hi, this is Mariah from the Lyft Podcast. Like Marcellus, Rob didn't always know he wanted to write kids' books. He was inspired to write when he experienced a life-changing event of his own, becoming a dad and quickly realized that there weren't a lot of books made for families like his. I'm a man of color, mixed backgrounds, and so is my son. And it's just really frustrating that there were not uh, very many books about kids like me or him. Just taking that into mind, I kind of decided that I wanted to work in that field. Rob's first self-published book, For Khan's First Flat Top, is a bilingual story of an Afro-Latino boy named Furkan. He wakes up and decides that he wants to get a haircut. His dad helps him pick the perfect style, a flat-top fade, so they go to the barbershop. Rob said one of his biggest challenges when he was starting out was just convincing himself that he could be an author. If you can, you know, convince yourself that, you know, I can do this, that's, that's really the hardest part. But then there's the next part, getting it to kids, parents, and librarians. You know, you could have an incredible story, an incredible book, but if nobody knows about it, ain't nobody going to see your book. So if you could give Marcellus just, like, one piece of advice or a pep talk, what would you say? I would just say, you know, going back to who or what gave you the spark of the story. Maybe that's a person or a song or a place, but um, give yourself a a reminder to look at and keep it close to your heart or close to you because it's going to take a while. And Rob has one last tip. So I think that if you just start 
doing, I think, what Oprah calls it, like the law of attraction, where you just start to tell everybody, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm about, because then they'll start to help you. Before I hang up the phone, and since Rob is an illustrator, I asked him for a little favor. A colorful surprise, you might say, for Marcellus. But we'll get to that later in the episode. Rob is both encouraging and realistic. Publishing The Alien and the Unicorn is going to take some time. But those most important qualities, the passion and the true motivation for the story, Marcellus has those in spades. What he could use a little help with, though, is to put Rob and Oprah's advice to action, to start shouting from the rooftops about what he's been writing. After the break, we help Marcellus take next steps towards getting his book out there by doing exactly that. It was a big surprise to me. He's always said, I'm writing this book, I'm writing, but he never said what he was writing about. I never knew. That's after the break. Lyft drivers from all over the country are achieving big things, like Ariana Roviello in San Francisco. She had an idea to open up a laundromat that you'd actually want to hang out in. If people are going to have to wait a little bit for their laundry to be done, you know, they're just sitting there. You have a captive audience, so to speak, so like what can you provide for them? So the business is Laundre. We're the first brand new laundromat in San Francisco in like over 15 years. We have a full scale like cafe. And during the early stages of her business, Lyft was there to help. I would drive for Lyft from 7 a.m. to 10.30 or 11 a.m. And then from 12.30 on, I would work on laundry stuff. What was great about Lyft was just the fact that, like, the flexibility was was amazing. And I could kind of, like, take the time to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Now that we're open, you know, like, it's been good. Hopefully there'll be room to open more laundries in the near future. Lyft can help you drive towards your goal. To learn more about driving opportunities, visit lyft.com slash driver. That's lyft.com slash driver. Welcome back to Pick Me Up. I'm Mariah Smith. I'm at the Public Library in Oak Park, Illinois with Marcellus Wyatt, a Lyft driver and librarian's assistant with a big dream, to publish his children's book dedicated to his late brother, Marcus. In the nights and weekends between working at the library and driving with Lyft, he's written a strong draft, but he hasn't really shared it with anyone, yet. And we have an idea where to start. We've spoken to your mom, and we thought it would be better to go meet her in person, so we're going there next. Okay. We've already called her. She knows we're coming. <laughs> I think it would be great, also, mm-hmm. if you read her some of your story. Okay. With Marcellus as our driver, we take the short trip from the library to his mom's house. He tells us that he usually drives with Lyft after his shifts, and some of his favorite parts about driving with Lyft. I love it. I've seen so many different restaurants and locations because of it. 
like Lighthouse Beach in Evanston. Like that's one of my favorite places now. And um, the Champagne Salon in the West Loop is like my, one of my favorite. As we get closer to Marceline's house, Marcellus gets quiet, and then he slows down the car. All right. Well, I don't. I do want to show you guys one thing. Mm, um, sure. She does. She does live in that building there, but. This is where I have my brother's car, and I'm going to get it fixed sooner than later. He takes a right turn into a narrow back alley and pulls up to a parked car covered in a tan tarp. But it is a 1971 Chevy Nova that he pretty much, uh, it was his baby. And, um... This is probably the biggest thing that I have left of him. So, The car is all black everything, from the paint to the leather seats. It's super sleek and vintage. Yeah, when you start it up, it is the loudest thing you ever hear in your life. I can only imagine. Did he actually <laughs> drive this? He did. You could hear him coming from like at least four blocks away with this. Marcellus cleans up a few smudges with his thumb, and he peeks through the window to make sure everything looks yeah, in check. On it. I put his obituary in the driver's seat. Oh my yeah. yeah. So sometimes I do come and sit in it sometimes whenever, you know. Yeah. Thank you for showing us this. Yeah, definitely. Got a camera crew with me. <laughs> Hi. 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 How are you? Hi, Mariah. Nice to meet you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Marceline's tall and warm, and just like her son, super well dressed, and she is ready for us. She has all of the photo books out on the coffee table. Yeah, he was a big baby. This is one of oh, fresh, fresh, and a white suit. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Where were you stepping out to then at what, six? You All these poses <laughs> with the bow tie and the cummerbund. And I that can't. was all. Now, I didn't train. A few photo books later, it's time. Marcellus pulls up his draft of the alien and the unicorn on his phone, and Marceline sits next to him on the couch. She puts her hand on his knee and he starts to read. The alien said, tossing the fallen glitter in the air. But where are my manners? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Wayne, and I'm from the planet Marcus. I was on my way to Mercury when I got hit by one of your giant cameras in the sky. And, well, now I'm in a little bit of trouble. More glitter began to fall from Mila's hooves as she walked around the broken lights by the tree. What's wrong, she asked. Well, Wayne said, my planet used to be a beautiful planet like this one, but it's not anymore. Or so they say. Whatever. Look, Planet Marcus is the bomb diggity, all right? I don't know what the humans try to tell you. Marceline knew that her son had been working on something these past couple of years, but she had no idea what. So now we're just out here spinning through the galaxy trying to find an alternate power source. I've traveled light years to find... When Marcellus finishes reading, they sit quietly. Marceline gets a little (laughs) misty-eyed. Oh, God. It's, it's beautiful. And I'm visualizing it in my mind. I was just inspired by everything that he had to say and that he would 
think that much of his brother to write something like that about him. And it was a big surprise to me. He's always said, I'm writing this book, I'm writing, but he never said what he was writing about. I never knew. So I'm very happy about it, very happy about it. And it's like, although he's not here, he's in the galaxy. You know, he's in another world. Although his spirit is still lingering around here. So I'm, I'm just so glad that you wrote it. Marcellus looks down shyly. He's rubbing his hands on his jeans, but he's smiling. She's so proud and like, I always want to do something to make her smile and feel like I'm really doing something, you know, major. So even if none of this other stuff even happens, like as long as she's happy with it, I'm good. And when I ask Marceline about what her hopes are for Marcellus and his book, her answer is so endearingly mom-like. I'm hoping uh, that he can pay off his student loans. (laughs) have one more stop to make with Marcellus, a publishing house northwest of Chicago where he'll meet with Wendy McClure. Wendy's a children's book editor and writer. She's offered to give Marcellus some advice. Okay, well it looks like the glass doors that lead to forever. <laughs> Albert Whitman and Company, publishing award-winning children's books since 1919. Wendy's office is super bright and just covered with books. I'm talking like every single surface. And right away, I can tell that she's the best kind of editor. Warm and encouraging, but she doesn't sugarcoat a thing. We get... I mean, thousands of submissions, and we publish less than something like 1% of the things that come in. But a lot of those people are people who maybe just had, you know, one idea one day and just wrote it down. Or maybe they wrote like, you know, like a cute Christmas card about, you know, their dog or something like that. And all their friends were like, you should get this published. And And so then they send it in, and then nothing ever happens. But other people who are successful, they write lots and lots of stories. So this is, is this your first story that you've written? Not the first. It's the first one I actually want to get published, but I've written since I was nine years old. Okay, good. Okay. Marcellus and Wendy are hitting it off. And as it turns out, Wendy says that Marcellus has a secret weapon, his day job. It really helps to know what else is out there in terms of children's books. So I think it's really great that you work in a library Mm -hmm. and that you are uh, probably familiar with uh, some of the children's books that are coming in. Like you saw this one on the cover of our catalog. Finally, they start talking about the alien and the unicorn. And you're saying um, that's inspired by, um, you said your... your My brother passed away two years ago, and I've been writing to write something that kind of emulated him. I mean, the great thing is, too, is that you can go back to those people who inspire you and those experiences and write so many more stories based Mm -hmm. on that, too. I can't tell you, you know, what's going to turn out with your story, but even if that doesn't, just remember where it came from and that you can always go back to that, you know, that inspiration.
always go back to that inspiration. This was Rob's advice to Marcellus, too. To keep remembering why you write and hold it close to your heart. It sounds like you're, you're on your way. Okay, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's time to go. This is some stuff that you can, um, you can take with you. Ah, uh, this is awesome, though. Yeah, I feel like I'm like eight years old all over again right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Marcellus leaves Wendy's office grinning with a pile of shiny new books. And it's time for us to leave Marcellus to take his next steps. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. So it's a few weeks later, and I'm back in our studio in Brooklyn. Hello. Hey, Marcellus. It's Mariah. How are you? Hey, Mariah. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's so fun. I wanted to see what Marcellus has been up to after our day together. Now, his mom knows about his book, his co-workers know about it, and you, our listeners, know about it, too. How does it feel knowing that your dreams of becoming a children's book author are being out in the world now? Well, now the pressure is on, because now it's like, you know, now I, I have to move forward, which I, I've been wanting to for a while. I never really knew how to, but now it's like either it's, it's do or die now. Does that make you feel scared or anxious? What does that make you feel like? I'm not really scared. Like, I want to be be out there, like, you know, as a prominent writer and recognize someone who can, you know, put a great piece of art out there and, you know, be recognized for it. What will your next steps be? Um, next up, I am looking for Illustrator. It looks like to be the most difficult part of it and get this thing printed. Like, it's ready to go. Are you by your email right now? I can pull up my phone here. <laughs> Remember Rob, the children's book author we talked to earlier? Well, we sent him an excerpt of The Alien and the Unicorn and asked if he could illustrate a page, and it's just amazing. That is pretty much spot on like pretty much I, I the alien 100% is how I is how I picture my brother like he just looks like that like, <laughs> it's crazy that alien perfectly embodies what I was thinking in my head like to the necklace to the glasses like he just seems like he would just say something funny immediately and this is awesome I love this man the scene is set on a farm with blue skies and bright green grass the unicorn has a rainbow mane and on the tip of her horn, a shiny crystal. And the alien is lanky and gray with a backwards hat, sunglasses, and a cell phone in hand. What are you going to do with the illustration? I would love to frame it and just put it like, you know, let's see where this goes. Caption on the bottom and then just keep looking at it. That definitely be a motivational piece when I get up and, you know, go to make another decision about it. What do you think your brother Marcus would say if he saw and heard your book? Uh, he, would, he would just, he would go nuts. He would be absolutely ecstatic. He, he deserves this. He deserves to have his image and his, his spirit reflected 
through, you know, a work of art. Because he made people happy. So the whole reason why I'm really doing is just, you know, keep him in everyone's thoughts. It's kind of like transferring his energy to a character that can just live on, you know, forever. Marcellus told us that one thing he's thinking about is self-publishing the alien and the unicorn. If you want something done right, sometimes you got to do it yourself. He's even considering selling Marcus's Chevy Nova to help fund it. No matter how the book gets to shelves, I can't wait for the day I'm browsing my local bookstore or library and see it. On the next episode of Pick Me Up, we'll meet Guy, a Lyft driver in Seattle who is rallying his community to save a local hangout. He said, I've worked on it too hard. If I give it to you for a steal, will you take care of it for me? This neighborhood would hunt me down and kill me if I just let it go and it turns into something else. And we immediately said yes. That's next week on Pick Me Up. Pick Me Up is a production of Lyft and Gimlet Creative. This episode was produced by me, Mariah Smith, Carrie Ann Thomas, Nicole Wong, Julie Subrin, Laura Morris, with help from Tyler Sorensen. Sarah Geis is our editor. Dara Hirsch mixed this episode. Original music by Daniel Brunel. Additional sound design by Katherine Anderson. And technical direction by Zach Schmidt. The Lyft team is Vicki Chang, Kay Hondorp, Kyle Kraft, and Alex Doty. You can see Rob's illustration on our website, lift.com slash pickmeup. Did you enjoy this episode? Well, let us know. Make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.